0: I repeat, D-Low is slow and plays no defense, never has and never will. Per magic, we want to run, 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 to defend.
1: Everybody to the Lakers legacy where the dog days of summer are officially upon us and we've been relegated as usual to desperately sifting through the junky bin of relevant Lakers news to tide us over through August. But no worries because we're still here to help scratch that itch and as I have all summer, Tommy, I have one question to ask you. You down with K-U-Z?
2: Yes, you know me.
1: Nice. <laughs> K-U-Z it is. Kyle Kuzma is exactly what today's episode is going to be all about as we have Utah Jazz beat reporter and former Utah Utes basketball reporter Kyle Goon on with us to talk about his time covering Kyle Kuzma in college. So it's a really good, insightful conversation and we get to know a little bit more about what makes Kyle tick. So definitely stay tuned for that. We'll get to that in just a bit. But before we do... Tommy, what are you doing this summer to tide you over? Any any fun shows you're watching? Any good movies you've seen recently?
2: Oh, man, I haven't seen a movie in a long time, but I know there's a lot of good stuff out right now, so I, I got to maybe get caught up on that um, over the next few weeks until training camp starts, I guess. But I, uh, I just started watching this show that's been out for a while, uh, Rick and Morty. I don't know if you've ever seen it
1: yes i've been trying to start that too i've just finished up like my bob's burgers binge and everybody's like oh you got to get on rick and morty fast so i'm probably gonna pick that up too is is it funny
2: so i just started watching it and i really really like it actually um that's but that's pretty much it i guess game of thrones is back now but that's not new
1: wait rick and morty is it's like super quirky right i mean it looks super quirky it is it's kind of like
2: i think it's different than what you expect because of the way it's animated but to me it's kind of like archer okay um, and I think it's like that, honestly, it's like da- that depth of, of comedy. I think it's just so much louder and and brighter than Archer that I, sure. I feel like people don't take it as seriously, but it's to me, it's like that level.
1: Okay, interesting. All right, I will put that in my queue. I've also, Alan and I, when we were in Vegas for Summer League, we picked up this new show on Netflix called Friends from College. It stars one of the Key and Peel guys, the thinner one, thinner, taller one, with Fred mm-hmm. Savage, Colby Smulders, and a bunch of, like, other comedians, and I mean, it is what the title says, Friends from College, and it's pretty freaking funny. Uh, you should <laughs> definitely check it out. It's a little bit Arrested Development-ish, but with some actual drama as well, serious drama, which is why it's kind of weird to switch back and forth, because sometimes they'll just be way out of left field with the humor, and then all of a sudden it gets super serious and dramatic, but, but really, I, I know the reviews out right now are pretty are hammering it pretty bad because it's like they're saying it's a train wreck but to be honest with you the show is supposed to be like a train wreck because it's a bunch of kids from harvard who graduated and are adults now with families and they're all messed up so if you're looking for something funny or or quirky over the summer friends from college netflix so that is what our podcast has become but we do actually have an interview to get to and before we get to that per usual please follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that's how many times we'll continue to hear Snoop Dogg incorrectly call Zubats Zumba, as he did in that one random Instagram video of him and his squad getting lit about the Lakers Summer League Championship. And then he he asks one of his one of his guys, hey, what's that dude's name? The the light skin ninja. And someone's like Zumba. He's like, oh, yeah, Zumba, Zumba.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty hilarious.
1: DJ Zumba. But yeah, if you want to hear Snoop Dogg randomly calls you about Zumba all throughout the season, please rate and review us. We are trying to get to 200 five-star reviews before summer's end. I think we're at 178, 180-ish. So please help us reach that goal. Speaking of rating interviews, today, because this is a Kyle Kuzma-centric episode, we're going to have impressionist extraordinaire Tommy Alexander read the review for us. So whenever you're ready, Tommy number 27, steal of the Draft, and Summer League Finals MVP, Cal Kuzma.
2: Thank you, and uh, this interview is titled Fanboy of Some Fanboys by LaBumHater69. I love the Lakers more than I love my first unborn child. (laughs) I saw this podcast and thought, eh, why not? Couldn't be worse than listening to Jason Whitlock or my wife nag. These guys are great. They look at things from all angles. Sorry, a lot of angles. And now, and it's now one of my favorite podcasts. If you like to fangirl over anything purple and gold, then you'll love listening to grown men just like you do exactly the same thing here. That's it.
1: Cool. Thank you, Lebum hater 69. I hope Jason Whitlock or your wife don't listen to this podcast. I, <laughs> I'm sure they don't. But uh yeah, thanks, Tommy. What went into your channeling of the great Kuzmania?
2: Well, I thought I try to imagine a guy <laughs> that theoretically could have been traded for Paul George, was not traded for Paul George, and is now playing with a chip on his shoulder to show Kevin Pritchard this is what you could have had.
1: Yay,, yeah. very well done. you did an on-point job of your impression of Kyle Kuzma, and would it be safe to say that you're all in on Kuzma at this point and that you're ready to drink the Kool-Aid, eh? I'm I'm ready to drink the Kuzade. Yeah! Because oh! that's exactly what this episode is going to be titled, so... Also, we want to point people to our Patreon account that we just opened up. You can find it at the top of our page on our Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. In the description about section, you can find the link there. It's patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. And we would really appreciate it if you guys could donate even just a dollar per month, which would be about $12 for the whole year. And even if you just want to donate like a dollar and then cancel your subscription from there, um, any amount helps, actually. So we would really appreciate if you guys could uh, just show us some support through our Patreon. Yeah, with that said, let's quickly turn it over to my interview with Utah Jazz beat reporter and former Utes basketball beat reporter, Kyle Goon, to talk more on the other Kyle. And now the NBA Summer League Championship Game MVP. What do you think you
0: proved... Over this last week
3: and a half? Uh, I think there's anything's possible. You know, if you put your mind to it, you got belief in yourself, and you know, nobody can tell you nothing.
1: All right, today we are pleased to have Kyle Goon from the Salt Lake Tribune. He covers the Utah Jazz currently, but has previously covered the Utes, the Utah basketball team, which Kyle Kuzma was on for the last three years of his career. So with that said, I want to introduce Kyle Goon. Kyle, how's it going? Good. How
3: are you, Jonathan?
1: I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. Before we get started on everything, um, I just wanted to give you the platform to kind of just, I guess, tell us a little bit more about yourself. And if you wanted to plug your social media handles and everything, go ahead and do that. And I guess, how's the transition going, uh, switching over to covering the Jazz?
3: Oh, it's great. You know, the NBA never sleeps, as, as I'm sure everybody's aware, especially this offseason for the Jazz with uh, Gordon Hayward and everything going on there. So it's it's been a uh, very strange time for the organization, kind of mm-hmm. transitioning out of out of mm-hmm. the Gordon Shore era. Um, but, you know, um, Rudy Gobert is still there. Um, he, he's potentially a top 15 player in the NBA. And uh, it, it, it's going to be an interesting year. And I guess interesting for the Lakers as well. Holy cow.
1: Indeed, indeed. So uh, where can people find you
3: and where can people find your work? Yeah, so um, the website is sltrib.com. Um, where we have our coverage, and I've I've done a couple stories on Kyle there, Um, and uh, my Twitter handle is just my name, Kyle Goon. And that's G-O-O-N, correct? G-O-O-N. Cool, awesome. So,
1: before we get into the Kyle Kuzma stuff, I I wanted to ask you, because you now cover the Jazz, obviously the Jazz made some moves in the draft that were... They're, they were shake-up moves, essentially. They moved up both times, right? Um, and thank God that you guys got Donovan Mitchell because he seems to be one of the big standouts in the draft, obviously. And I really liked his game as well. And I'm happy that you guys at least have that sort of consolation prize in the wake of the, the Gordon Hayward exile, or not exile, Exodus. But how disappointed were you that the Jazz moved up to 28 only to miss Kyle Kuzma by one spot were you hoping that maybe Kyle Kuzma could become a member of the Utah Jazz and that you could continue covering him
3: oh I mean I I don't necessarily think about um think in those terms um Mm -hmm. you know Kyle's great uh to cover because he's really talkative and really personable and and he knows a lot about basketball I mean um, one, one very distinct thing that I remember that I've also talked to scouts about is, um, you know, when, when we were covering Utah, you know, there were times where there was actually specifically, we were getting ready for to play UCLA. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even then Lonzo Ball was kind of a phenom, right? And mm-hmm. Lonzo and TJ and UCLA was a huge deal. They'd just beaten Kentucky. And, you Utah's about to play them, and to some of the guys, we're like, hey, um, you know, what do you know about UCLA? Um, has it been fun to kind of watch them? And a bunch of the the guys on the team have not, like, hadn't watched them at all. Even, like, we think of college basketball players as sort of machines, but, you know, they're, they're kids with different interests. They want to play video games, Mm -hmm. want to do XYZ. And Kyle's not really like that. Kyle is, very much knowledgeable. He keeps up with the NBA. He keeps up with college. He had a bunch of friends from Michigan that he would always know the stats of, um, you know, day to day. And he just has this interest in basketball that um, goes much deeper than even the typical college player his age. So he's always been great with the media in that sense. And well, we've had a lot of conversations just sort of BSing about, um, you know, what's going on in college, what's going on in the NBA, who's playing well, who's not. And, and that 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 is fun. But I, you know, I was definitely happy for him to see him drafted by the Lakers.
1: That's awesome. So I guess we can jump off of that. How long have you been covering Kyle in college? And I guess you've been able to see his progression. And I know it was a bit of a gradual one. But did you always see this type of potential in him? And I guess you described it a little bit. But what were your first impressions of Kuzman? I guess how has he changed as a person and as, and as a basketball player during the time you've covered him?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, Kuzma came in with, um, some pretty high expectations, and, um, I know my colleague Tony Jones, who covers the jazz with me, um, has kind of believed in a long time in his potential to be an NBA player, but definitely the start of his career, um, I would say was, was really sketchy, um, mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, um, you didn't know if he was going to last at Utah. Um, mm-hmm. his freshman, so, he kind of came to Utah under weird circumstances academically, where he had to earn a GED, became a year early, and then had to sit out from all all team activities. Mm-hmm. So, as a true freshman in college, he wasn't involved with the team at all, doing practices, workouts, or anything. He was actually playing intramural ball with the other sort of regular students. So there was just a weird year where he was just in Utah, going to school. But he was just playing intramurals. Um, Interesting. And uh, so that was kind of weird. And then at, when he did join the team, um, you know, he was probably the the second most heralded player. But the most heralded player in the class was named Vercott Chapman. And he was outperforming Kyle. And he was a little bit more polished than Kyle. And. He he's got more playing time, and Kyle didn't even play in every game. So it was sort of, you know you get that feeling when you cover a team like, eh, is this kid gonna hang on? Is he gonna stick with it, or is he gonna transfer? And Kyle's kind of admitted since then that yeah, I was really close to transferring, and I had some tough talks with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. He decides to hang on, has a great summer before his sophomore year, and then becomes the starter at power mm-hmm. forward and eclipses Bracott who was a top 100 kid and by the end of his career Kyle is an all Pac-12 player and Bracott has transferred from Utah so wow. it's just interesting uh specifically those k- careers how they kind of paralleled Bracott's now at another college but um you know Weaver State where Damian Lillard went but you know he's been sitting out the last year um and and you just don't know if he's going to ever live up to his potential. Meanwhile, Kyle almost, I want to say, surprised everybody um, from that freshman year on just by developing and, and working hard at it.
1: What would you attribute that turnaround to? Was it just, what? do you think at the start he just wasn't mature enough or eventually it kind of clicked for him and said like, hey, this is my, my last shot. Is he like an internally motivated type of person? Because the way you just described him, it seems like He's just like a sponge who wants to soak up as much information as possible. And it seemed like he's always been that way. So I guess what do you think kind of like made him turn that page or, or that corner, I guess?
3: Well, I think the, the biggest thing was just establishing trust with coaches. meaning mm-hmm. mean, getting any playing time at any level. And the thing that Kyle really didn't have was defense. Um, he, he and I mean, even as a freshman, there were instances where we kind of see, oh, that was like a nice sequence for Kyle. But then, you know, he'd come back on the other end and miss something or or just not give the effort that he should. And Larry Kraskoviak, who's the coach at Utah, would bench him immediately. And, you know, it did seem at times that Larry um, had this sort of uh, disproportionate uh, need to kind of you know, punish Kyle. <laughs> More yeah. or less, like, um, he was, he seemed harder on Kyle than he did other players. And I think that was true for a couple of years. Um, but I think it was also true because Larry saw his potential. Um, he played power forward also in, in, in the NBA. And I think Larry just saw, um, you know, in Kyle talent that he wished he could have had and and just wanted to make sure that Kyle was living up to his potential and and I think Kyle credits a lot of his development to the way that Larry treated him. I mean really harshly um certainly initially and then just kind of being hard on him, challenging him continually and forcing him to become a better all around basketball player.
1: That's awesome. So covering him these last three years or so what are some holes in Kuzma's game that you saw early on that you've really seen him take big strides on and like pretty much improve in as the years went by
3: well I I can't believe uh from even just this last season he was a junior to summer league how much how well he's hitting three-pointers and Mm -hmm. I like I you know I know there's no necessarily guarantee that that continues because it's summer league and and, you know, theoretically, he should be sort of at the top of that pack. But at the same time, I mean, he was a 30% three-point shooter in college and 32% as a junior. And right. suddenly he gets the summer league and he's hitting 5 of 10 from longer range, which makes <laughs> no sense to me. Um, but, um, you know, he really showed a little bit of that at, at the NBA Combine in the one game he played. Um, I heard positive things. Uh, coming out of his workouts, um, uh, that he was, you know, improving his ability to shoot. And I'm sure Larry back is somewhere being like, well, why couldn't he do that when he's in college? <laughs> um, but he really has improved that ability, um, to actually play stretch four, um, which, which surprises me a lot. Um, I think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe at the NBA level, um, his rebounding is probably a little better than he's shown so far in Summer League. Um, and maybe his three-pointer won't be as critical. But definitely, you're going to need him to hit those three-pointers since he's going to be more of a stretch four than a, than a true four.
1: Sure. Outside of the shooting, was there one area that you thought or that the consensus fans and like the basketball coaches at Utah needed Kyle to really work on that would take him to the next level, I guess, outside of shooting?
3: I, honestly, I think shooting is the biggest thing. I mean, he, okay. he he has a really good all-around game. Yeah. And, I mean, he can score. He definitely could score at Utah. Um, he's been a little bit better at taking guys off the dribble than I thought he might be at, in Summer League. Um, I think he's really shown his passing ability. Um, but I, I, I actually thought he could pass at Utah. Um, you know, it's just a matter of can your teammates always finish those passes? Um right. And so that wasn't always the case, but he, he was a pretty good passer at Utah. So, uh, I mean, beyond the shooting, which I'm very surprised by, I'm not that surprised. I'm, maybe I'm a little surprised that he's able to execute it well enough to have the summer league he did. But, um, you know, those skill sets, most of them were apparent at Utah
1: right, and i th- I think the one thing that I noticed about Kyle, even after we had drafted him and we started to look into his tape, was you know his jump shot looks very fluid it didn't look broken or anything like that. It just was inconsistent, right, and then I mean, the numbers bore that out in terms of thirty three percent et cetera, et cetera. But just looking at it like from the eye test. And mechanically, it looked like there was definitely something there. It, it was just a matter of getting the reps up and being more consistent with it. And I think whatever he did these last two months during prepping for the draft and, and summer league has really, really paid off and, and kudos to him. Uh So I guess in terms of Utah's style of play, would you say that it was conducive to the type of style and play that Best highlights a guy like Kuzma, or did finally playing with a guy like Lonzo and the type of the type of pace that the Lakers want to play at this year did that really unlock his potential?
3: Well, I think it's twofold. I mean, I think ideally he would have played a different position at at, at Utah. I think you ideally you would have let him play the three. Um, Interesting. But as I was mentioning earlier about Brkot Chapman, who transferred and who played the four, um, you know, I think. They have, might have had an opportunity to switch between three and four if Brocat had stayed. Um, but the way the rock roster was structured, it was more productive for the Utes to make him, uh, to keep him on the front court, actually. Cause I, I should say he played around with Jakob Pertle as a sophomore mm-hmm. and was a power forward starter. And it might have been productive to move him to the wing. Um, but they really couldn't just given his talent, the depth they had and, and his ability in the front court to score on Pac-12 competition. So I don't think what they did at Utah reflects what he'll be in the NBA. And I think the the spacing on the court in the NBA um, helps him. And and you kind of see that. I mean, a lot of times in Utah's offense, he he would kind of be the guy who was sitting in the middle um, of the lane, sort of. As a guy who could distribute from the post, if that makes sense. Um, sort of as a guy who, if his, one of his teammates shot, he could run up and rebound it and get in the putback, which is how he got a lot of his points. Or you could throw it to the middle, force the defense to collapse, and, and he could toss it out for, you know, an outside shot. So I, I think the way that, um, the NBA structure and certainly Lonzo helps, right? I mean, like I don't disrespect that aspect of of why he succeeded, but um, I, I think certainly the position he's playing and the way the NBA is going to space out a little bit more is conducive to his skill set.
1: Gotcha. So would you say that at the NBA level, and especially because he was slotted at that power forward stretch four position in Utah? Would you say that his, that's going to be his natural position in the NBA, especially because this summer league, you know, he was the highest scorer in summer league out of any other player. He won the finals MVP for summer league and dominated at that position, being able to leverage his fluidity, his quickness, his handles, being able to take it out in transition, his shooting at that spot. Do you think that inevitably that's going to be his ultimate position or do you think there's some switchability in terms of being able to play him at the three sometimes as well? Because the Lakers right now, they kind of have a logjam at the four, but they also need to find minutes for this gem, this diamond in the rough in Kyle Kuzma that they just drafted. And, and maybe people are speculating right now that maybe some of those minutes may come at the three spot. Do you think that's a viable option for him?
3: Yeah, I've had a couple of conversations with NBA people about that. And, um, you know, I think it really comes down to how he can defend um mm-hmm. because he's kind he is kind of in a weird position where you know he's not really built like a four um in the league um you know he's 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 tall enough and long enough but maybe not um you know big enough M- maybe not maybe he's not strong enough um defend some of the the big four guys in the league and um that's gonna be an issue um but it's also gonna be an issue trying to guard guys like you know um the paul georges and Kawhi leonards and uh, of the league it's it's that's gonna be tough so um you know i think it it comes down to um kind of well i think it's going to come down to the lakers kind of making a call can we make you athletic and and, and uh, sort of mobile enough that you can guard the three position uh, in the league, or are we just going to go all in, bulk you up a little bit, and and kind of let you bang inside? And so I'm not really sure where he falls in that. I think there is a place for him in the league for sure, and maybe it won't matter as much as the league evolves and gets a little smaller, um, but. It, I, He definitely sees himself as a multiple position player. I'm not sure he's a multiple position player as much as he is sort of a tweener where you have to kind of make a decision, okay, this is realistically what we can do with you.
1: Sure, and I think that the Lakers definitely drafted him for his versatility, and that's showing out more than I think anyone has anticipated. I guess when you were watching Kyle Kuzma in college, was there a certain type of player or a certain several types of players that you kind of compared his game to. And was there like a ceiling sort of, sort of guy that you, that you thought, man, if he just shores this up, he
3: could be this type of guy. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't really think in those terms, I guess. Um, I will say this last year, I thought he was a really underrated player. Um, And that kind of comes as a consequence of being in a league with really outstanding players. I mean, We're talking about a league that had two other first-round power forwards in Lowry, Markkinen, and and T.J. Leaf. Um, So, But, I mean, if you look at a lot of statistics, what Kyle did and what Lowry did were not that far apart statistically. Lowry is a better shooter, but he also fell off more toward the end of the year and struggled, um, I guess, hitting that freshman year wall. Um, and I just, and, and, you know, I, I just feel like what Kyle did in the PAC 12 last year with so many premier players, even as position, we're also talking about, you know, Dylan Brooks and Jordan bell and those guys, um, you know, I, I just thought what he did was underrated just because Utah wasn't very good. and, And, and that's, you know, not necessarily his fault. I mean, it was kind of a weird team. Um, kind of thrown together last year a little bit because of a lot of transfers, um, and they still won 20 games. And Kyle was at the very forefront leading the team in, in scoring and rebounding. And when we talked about the best players in Pac-12, it just felt like it, his name wasn't coming up very much as it should. Do you see, so I kind
1: of liken Kyle Kuzma's game to, uh do you see him ever being able to approximate like a like a poor man's version of Lamar Odom, a guy who can just grab the rebound, take it down transition, be able to play make if need be, but also be able to hit that outside shot as well. Something along those lines.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that would be a nice goal. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, he has some of those skills that Lamar Odom had. Um and again you got to go back though to Lamar Odom was a physical player right I mean yep. he was a big broad guy and Kyle may be able to add weight but he's not there yet mm-hmm. so I mean I think ideally maybe that's the kind of player you shoot for and certainly in today's NBA that's a kind of guy who has a lot of value um yeah but uh it it will require a lot of work on Kyle's part, which I don't think is a problem for him, but also on the part of the Lakers and and Luke Walton and the the strength staff to kind of figure out, all right, this is physically where we need you to get. And and to me, that's the key to his career. If, if the Lakers can kind of help him succeed physically, whether that's, you know, lifting a bunch of weights or just working a ton on agility, um, yeah, I think, I think he'll have a career in the NBA for sure.
1: Great. That's some awesome insight. So I guess to close this out, let's just talk about summer league. And you've mentioned it here and there throughout our interview, but I guess overall, what were your thoughts coming into summer league? I'm sure you didn't expect Kyle Kuzma to ball out in the way that he did, even just in, not even just in terms of shooting, but I guess were, were there any other areas outside of shooting where you were like, Oh, he didn't really show that at Utah and like he's making these double spin, reverse spin moves on, on guys and, you know, really leveraging his quick first step and all that stuff and kind of shooting his own, own shot sometimes, even without Lonzo ball, getting 30 and, and everything like that. But I guess just take us through your thought process watching Summer League and seeing this guy consistently ball out.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just. I tend to not really have any idea how guys are going to play in summer league or not going to play in summer league. Like, sure. you know, I mean, I like for example, I thought, um, you know, Delon Wright, his senior year at Utah, I would have called him a better player than I would have Kyle at the end of his junior year at Utah. I would have said, okay, Delon Wright's on you know a slightly higher plane and. He, his first year in Summer League was just sort of like, okay, like, got a couple assists, got a couple points. You know you know what I mean? So it's like you never really know. I will say, though, that Kyle definitely thought he would. <laughs> like, I mean, you kind of see that on, on TV when he and Lonzo were joking, like, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, that's yeah. a pretty, um, you know, bold thing to say maybe, but not – Kyle. Kyle has always um, had confidence in himself Um, and I would say for the right reasons because he feels like he works hard um, Mm -hmm. because he feels like he dedicates the time Um, I think that's why that's sort of the root of his confidence and um, you know he's never he's never he's, he's never acted like okay this is like way above me um, you know, and I was talking to him a lot throughout the, the, the NBA process after the combine and, and after his workout with the jazz and, you know, every now and then you'd say, yeah, I killed that one. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of who he is, but it's, it's very much rooted in, um, the amount of preparation he puts in. Um, so, you know, I think that, and I think any NBA player, you kind of have to have like a little bit unhealthy belief in yourself, right? Like, sure, yeah. So it's, it's an abnormal position to be in. So you have to have an abnormal amount of confidence in in yourself and your ability to kind of survive. So, um, you know, as long as that doesn't verge into cockiness, I would say he's got the right mindset, and I think that's probably a big reason that the Lakers drafted him. I mean, I think that's sort of a Lakers mentality. When you put a guy on the floor, you want him to believe that he's gonna, he's gonna own everybody that he sees. And, and I think that makes it a good fit.
1: Yeah. And you know, the Lakers are putting a lot of emphasis this year on just high character guys, guys who will fit their culture. And I guess you've touched upon it here and there. And it looks like Kyle is the type of guy who everywhere he's been, it's kind of been, he's been underrated or he's been overlooked. And it sounds like he's a guy who really like, carries that chip on his shoulder and uses it in a positive way to really work harder and all that stuff so could you talk a little bit upon his just his character and his personality
3: yeah i mean and you know i mean you're gonna learn this um because i'm sure right after summer league or going into camp there's gonna be a ton of profiles on kyle Mm -hmm. and the kind of person he is but i mean he's really proud of, of being from flint michigan and as you know flint is basically the poster child for what happens when a government doesn't care about its people, um, mm-hmm. and, and can't take care of its people. Um, and it's just beyond the water crisis. I mean, it's just a hard Scrabble town, a hard place to live and grow up. Um, and I think Kyle sees himself as a product of that in that he's, he feels like he can take a lot. Um, and sort of dish it back. Um, Flint has this really rich basketball culture, um, you know, with Michigan State, which is, um, you know, was at one time Kyle's dream school, and another reason I think he had to be thrilled to be drafted by Magic Johnson. Yep. Um, so I, I, I just, I think that ties into his identity a lot. Um, he's really close with Monte Morris and, Um, miles bridges over michigan state who are from flint um you know it's a really tight community and he kind of sees himself in this fraternity and feels like he's being counted upon by his hometown to succeed and that's powerful motivation um and i think it has a powerful imprint on who he sees himself as as a blue collar type person um even though Maybe the Lakers don't identify with blue collar. I think uh, <laughs> Kyle feels like he is he has the work ethic of a person from that part of the country.
1: Awesome. That's really great. With regards to Lonzo Ball and the fit with Kuzma, I feel like they've just been a match made in heaven. From what you've seen in Summer League, I guess, how do you think it's going to work in the NBA, this type of pace, this type of style? Is Lonzo Ball the perfect type of guy for Kuzma to play with who will really unlock his potential and really help things come together even quicker for him than was initially anticipated
3: yeah I mean you know Utah after DeLon Wright left Utah didn't really have a facilitator um and obviously Lonzo Ball I I I mean I think he could come in and be a top at least top 10 facilitator in the league if not top five and I'm not I'm not saying top ten player, top five player, but certainly he's going to be up there with with assists, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're we all see that. Um, so, I mean, I think it's definitely helpful. Um, I think it allows Kyle to be a playmaker off the ball, which is probably for the best, um, and and a little bit outside the role he had at Utah, um, mm-hmm. where he was a little bit more just concentrated on focus of every game plan. Um, you know, you'll want we'll to see, as you mentioned, the Lakers have a log jam at four. Um, so I don't know how much time he'll get. But I think, you know, Kyle's sort of this affable guy who um, really gets along with teammates. And, and you know, I think even when he was at Utah, he mm-hmm. knew the other guys in the league and was friends with other guys around the country. Um, so it, it does seem like he and Lonzo have a relationship and, and have a good chemistry and um you know, I actually I was with some friends when Lonzo made that light skinned brothers comment and <laughs> that was a weird moment in the living room, um, digesting that <laughs> quote. But I you know, I mean there it shows that they're comfortable joking with one another and, and that's the kind of guy Kyle is. He's 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 kind of a funny guy. Um he's easy talking talking to him and and uh yeah, I I have no doubt that those guys as long as they can stay together and both get playing time, we'll have a little chemistry on the court.
1: Awesome. So uh, lastly, do you have any favorite interactions with Kyle or a favorite memory or anything like that? Or maybe just even an overarching thing about, I guess, your relationship covering him over
3: these years? Yeah, I mean, honestly, so his freshman year, you know, there was no real occasion to talk to him. For life. There was no reason to talk to him, right? I mean, he was sure. averaging like, you know, two or three points a game or something like that and barely getting off the bench. And and then it, it was really the start of his sophomore year where it was just like before a game, um, he was just shooting by himself like an hour beforehand or so. And I just walked up to him and was just chatting. And, and we were talking about Maryland basketball. Cause that's where I'm from Maryland. And mm-hmm. I went to school there and you know, he's like, Oh yeah, like Melo Trimble, blah, blah, blah. I was like, and and we talked for maybe about five minutes before this game went off. I was like, oh, Kyle, like, actually knows stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he actually talks a little bit. And, um, you know, and, and he's also a guy who would be pretty real, um, mm-hmm. when you wanted to know what's going on, um, you know, and just sort of kind of lay stuff out and, and take accountability, um, then, and it was, i just kind of got to know that side of him and and just sort of as i was saying at the beginning in the interview it's just it, it, he's just a person who knows basketball um right. which is surprisingly rare i mean guys want to have so, these lives outside of basketball they want to party um they want to i'm not saying Kyle never partied i don't want to, i don't want to say <laughs> Travis, i mean you know we never the truth is like you never know these guys know these guys but um, he definitely has a, a really strong interest in basketball relative to his peers. He was more interested than, than his teammates, in my opinion. Um, and just, I think that's why he jumped to the NBA because he felt like, Hey, if, if I can not go to class, if, and he has his degree, but it's like, Hey, if I can not go to class and dedicate all my time to basketball, how good can I be? And mm-hmm. I think you're seeing some of that now.
1: Yeah, that sounds exactly like the type of guy that the Lakers want on this squad. So before I let you go, do you have any, were there any special nicknames for Kuz that we can latch onto in the NBA here for, for Lakers fans? I know the popular one right now is Kuz Control, but what were some other ones that were flying around in Utah?
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> everyone here calls him Kuz. Um, for a while, one of the in-game announcers were, was trying to go with Microwave because he would heat up. <laughs> Koo's okay. control is much better than anything I've heard. Yeah. To be honest with you. So I don't know. Maybe maybe you can ask him. I'm sure he'd play that game with you for a minute.
1: Sure. So we'll go for Koo's control right now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you once again, Kyle, for coming on the Lakers Legacy. W- why don't you plug your social media handles
3: again? And uh, yeah, we'll let you go from there. Yeah. I'm just on Twitter at my name, Kyle Goon. So at Kyle Goon, sltrip.com. If you... If you want to Google Salt Lake Tribune, Kyle Kuzma, you'll probably run into a couple of my stories. So I did a couple stories on him and, um, and his background in Flint and sort of when last year before his season, when it looked like he was going to be a star, and then after the season when he was a star, and then been following a little bit through the, the draft process. And it's been fun. It's been, you know, I mean, I think that's honestly the most rewarding part sometimes of being in this field is just seeing – um, some of the athletes grow up and develop and go on for bigger and better things, which is, is really interesting. So um, you know, it's it's uh, it's exciting, and um, I'm sure it'll be fun seeing Kyle um, at the next uh, Jazz Lakers game. And, and he'll say, "I thought I thought I ditched you in Utah." I'll say, <laughs> that. "But anyway, yeah."
1: Awesome. Thanks, Kyle. And yeah, maybe we'll talk to you again soon when those Jazz-Lakers matchups happen. And best of luck covering the Jazz this year.
3: No doubt. Thanks, Jonathan.
1: Yeah, thank you. Okay, we'll let you go.